Happy Mother's Day, everyone. A mother is the best example of what love and selflessness and concern for the other is looks like. The best example is the mother. <clears throat> As not only does the the mother she sacrifices, she uses her own body to bring the child into this world. That's like the really big deal to give up your body for for somebody else. And you see that the instinct to to put their own needs second to the needs of the child. You see that instinct, that quality, that that love, that selfless love, even in animals, and not just like bears and elephants, mammals, but even bugs will put their own life at risk to protect their offspring, to protect their children. So when we think about cultivating Maitri, love, that Patanjali tells us is vital to the cultivation of yoga. This is our example we look towards becoming this way, having this feeling of love towards all creatures, or at least all, you know, people, if not all creatures. So happy Mother's Day. May our selfless love continue to grow for for all all creatures and then definitely this will become a happier happier more joyous and vital planet uh, so let's do some uh opening invocation so i know you're familiar with this but we'll do it line by line call and response Om Vande Gurunam Charanaravinde Vande Gurunam Charanaravinde Sandarshita Swatma Sukhava Bodhe Sandarshita Swatma Sukhava Bodhe Nishreya Se Jangalikaya Mane Nishreya Se Jangalikaya Mane Samsara Hala Halamoha Shantye Samsara Hala Halamoha Shantye Abahupurushakaram Abahupurushakaram Shankachakrasidharinam Shankachakrasidharinam Sahasra Shirasam Shwetam Sahasra Shirasam Shwetam Pranamami Patanjalim 
प्रणमामि पतंजलिम ओम सहनाववतु ओम सहनाववतु सहनाबुनक्तु सहनाबुनक्तु सहवीर्यम कारवावहै सहवीर्यम कारवावहै तेजस्पिनावदीतमस्तुमा तेजस्पिनावदीतमस्तुमा वित्विशावहै वित विशाबाहै ओम शांति 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 ओम शांति 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 असतोमा सत्कमाया ओम असतोमा सत्कमाया तमसोमा ज्योतिर्गमाया तमसोमा ज्योतिर्गमाया मृत्योमा अमृतम गमाया मृत्योर्मा अमृतम गमाया ओम शांति 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 So did any of you guys have a chance to read the article, A Vast World of Sanskrit Chanting? Okay, no worries. Uh, so that's both, it, you can find it online on my website, and you can also, it's if you have volume one, Sanskrit and Chanting, it's in here. So uh, there's basically two styles of chanting repetitive or non-repetitive like if you're doing japa recitation that means you're repeating a mantra over and over and over and over again japa is mantra repetition usually that's a small mantra like om namah shivaya uh, sometimes it's a longer mantra like um, the mrityunjaya mantra trambakanya jamahe sugandhim pushtivardhanam that's a, if you've been around Sanskrit culture very much, then that's a common mantra you'll run across. Uh, any mantra can be done more than 
one time, but typically repetition is for smaller mantras. The Mrityunjaya that I just recited for you is a two-line mantra. Basically, it's like half the length of our opening one-day Gurunam verse. Uh, and then there's uh can be like the Yoga Sutras, like if you're doing non-repetitive chanting, um, or the Bhagavad Gita, where generally you're only going to recite that one time through. Um, or like when we do the opening mantra and the Mangala mantra, the closing, the opening and the closing chants, those are verse verses, and typically you only recite those one time. So repetitive or non-repetitive, and then the different types of chants. So the style is you're going to either repeat it or you're just going to recite it one time and use it as for the meaning that it carries and then move on to the next uh, mantra that you're going to recite uh, for the meaning of the next mantra. And then a series, kind of like a vinyasa, like doing your, your Ashtanga yoga practice, you uh, you do a little japa, you do Surya Namaskar in the beginning, you do a few times A, and then you do a few Surya Namaskar Bs, but then once you move into the next section, you're just doing each pose one time, unless of course you're having difficulties and you need to practice it a little bit, which could be the same case with the, the verses also, if you're going from one verse to the next verse to the other verse. And the section in this book, uh, each section actually, is set up in a structure that gives a, a logical order to the verses. So the opening Ashtanga Yoga mantras, the first section, and then the Pranayama mantras, there's four mantras in that. And then there's a section of Shanti mantras. And actually the Shanti mantras, there's first, before getting into the Shanti mantras, there's three verses to kind of invoke or set up the right mood or to warm up the voice, there's three verses, and then there's about uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 Shanti Mantras after the opening three mantras. If you recite the Yoga Sutras, it takes like 8 or 10 minutes probably per chapter if you do all four chapters, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, you're probably not going to recite it as a japa practice. But there are instances, I've many, many um, ceremonies with my teacher where we do uh, a mantra that's regarded as uh, very important for that sect of um, India, the Smarta Brahmins, like Patabi Joyce was a Smarta Brahmin. He wore the three stripes and followed a orthodox tradition of uh, Hinduism. Uh, my teachers also belongs to that same tradition. Uh, they, they have a mantra that takes about 15 to 20 minutes to recite the whole thing. And then for big ceremonies, that's still the main mantra. That's the mantra that they, they do every day, the kind of a minimum mantra that they do um, for their uh, worship or devotional part of their their daily practices and we'll do that mantra sometimes six or eleven times so we're sitting there chanting for a few hours to repeat the that many repetitions
it becomes like another version of Ashtanga Yoga to chant for, for that long, to sit there. Makes you strong and requires a lot of endurance and attention. One thing though, when you're chanting by yourself, you're, you're solely responsible for the, the life of the mantra to, to sustain itself, to maintain the continuity of the mantra. But when you're chanting in a group, it's a, a group responsibility. So if, if you need to take a, a little breather and pause, the mantra still lives in, by the energy of the group, by the whole participation of everybody chanting together. If you ever have an opportunity, highly recommend to experience that. I know some of you have gone down. Let's see. Uh, ah, yeah, like the confluence. So those two types of chanting and, and uh, three different types of texts or mantras that you might recite. Uh, what does the word mantra mean? So mantra is composed of two parts, man and tra, mantra. So man refers to mind basically, or the, the full word that it's contracted down from is manana, which means um, like the mind can either, it can meditate, it can concentrate, it can contemplate or reflect, uh, and then it also can exhibit an intelligence, intelligence different than like the thinking processes, but intelligence in the sense that uh, like the intelligence between the cells or the organs in the body, they just know what to do. It's not a thinking process. It's an automatic knowing process. When you're in the moment when sports or dance or something and you're, you're just responding and acting spontaneously, not going through the thought processes. That's intelligence working. This is what we mean by intelligence. Uh, so the mind can can uh, concentrate, be, have a meditative quality to it. It can contemplate, think about things, reflect on things, and it can just be and know and have the information and the ability to respond. Atra means protection. So by reciting a mantra, right, you're giving your mind something constructive to do, so it protects the mind from its aimless wanderings, from causing uh, maybe some slipping into negative habit patterns, going down. Uh, it protects the mind by generating uh, more positive or more useful uh, memories. Like, you know, if you're watching soap operas, then your mind gets filled up with the soap operas. And then when your mind is recycling old memories, you have all these uh, dramas that from watching TV coming up through your mind being recycled. So you fill your mind up with the uh, chanting and then while you're sitting around and your mind is on autopilot, there's a greater chance that it's instead of recycling dramas from your life or from things you expose yourself to like TV or hanging out with uh, the wrong people, 
these types of things, your mind has more opportunity, more tendency for recycling something that generates positive energy. <clears throat> Let me see what the chat says. Yes. Jennifer, thank you. Um, <clears throat> another thing that Tra means is, is to cross over, to cross over. So if we have an aspiration to go beyond the limits of the limited mind, Tardana, Tra is short for Tardana, to cross over. So the mantras can be used as a vehicle to help you transcend uh, <clears throat> the limited quality of the mind, the limited aspect of our thinking, our intellect, or our ego uh, aspect of the mind, which is not uh, capable of conceptualizing infinity. Intelligence can, can handle infinity, but the intellect cannot handle infinity. So there has to be, you know, uh, an appreciation, a faith uh, in there being more than just the intellect and then uh, ability for you to be comfortable not knowing, being in the face, being in the midst of that fullness, the emptiness. <clears throat> so the mantra can be used to help us <clears throat> create that experience or invoke that in spirit experience uh, and that's related also to using the mantra as to access other realms if we sit like a yogi right then automatically a different kind of quality of energy comes starts to come into our system into our awareness um, so this is like uh, setting yourself up. So the keyhole, the key, right? You straighten out the channels in your body. You get the geometry of your body more properly aligned or aligned in a certain way so that the energy can come into the body or the mantra that you're ch chanting then can flow down into the body more fully. Some of you might remember in the old days, we used to have antennas up on the roof of our house for our TV reception. Or maybe you just had the, the bunny ears on top of your TV. And then when the, re the picture would, you'd start to lose reception of your picture, we'd go over, either climb up on the house or, or grab the bunny ears on top of the TV. And we try to adjust the antennas. And then for some mysterious reason, when you get the alignment of the antennas comes in just a certain way, the picture flows in to the television. So all this energy that's invisible in the air, if you get the geometry of the antenna right, then it can flow into your uh, machine, into your TV. If our geometry is crooked, it's slouch, is not attentive, then the energies that are present around us are not able to flow into us as well. Just like the reception of your TV does not, would not come in 
to clarity, the picture would not come clear as well. So the mantras and the chanting and the yoga, they, they can all be used in a singular process. Hmm. Just having a look at everybody for a moment. Did you guys practice any chanting on your own this week? You can raise your hand if you did. Ah, everybody, okay. Very good. I'm so happy. Okay, so we went over the Patanjali Pratana last week. Which has a special feature of being only dental and unaspirated. There's no retroflex. If you look through here, you look at all the letters, there's no letters with dots underneath them making them retroflex or what we call more dunya. They're so without the dot, then anything that uses the tip of your tongue, like the T's here, or the S, uh, or the D, these all use the tip of your tongue. When you say padena, the tip of your tongue will touch, whether you let it touch just wherever it goes randomly on its own, it'll go right up behind the teeth, just, just above the teeth. But if you use the tip of your tongue more intentionally, then you have a choice. You can either push it towards your teeth or you can curl it back, pardena, into the hollow of the roof of your mouth. So that without the dot underneath it, it means it's dantia, dental, which means you need to push it forward towards your teeth. So this mantra is really good for, for training us. Um, and there's a there's an exercise we can do for the breathing. With the tongue placement, we just have to practice it and get used to using the tip of your tongue more intentionally to push it forward towards your teeth. Because most of the, if you look like even in in this mantra, right? There's only let's see, there's one here, a, a retroflex, a more dunya, and there's one here. Uh, ah, I missed one. There's one here. So most of them are not Mordanya. Most of them are Dantya, the dental, not the retroflex. And then also with the aspiration or the ulpaprana, the unaspirated, uh, this letter obviously is an aspiration. It's only an H. But none of the other letters, like the KH, uh, here's a KH, a letter that's combined with the H, and here's another one. But for the most part, um, the, the consonants are more commonly not aspirated. So it's very useful to teach your mouth, to get your mouth accustomed to holding the breath back in and using the tip of your tongue, moving it towards your teeth. Because that's the, by far the more common use, way of using the mouth, using the breath in the mouth. 
So I want you to take your hand. We're going to bring it up about two inches in front of your mouth to the, so you can feel the, the warm, moist air as you say some words, as you speak into your hand. You can feel the warm, moist air in the palm of your hand. So we're going to use the word Papa, which either means father or it means potato. Papa. Papa. So if you just say Papa like an English speaker, you'll feel there's kind of quite a bit of air coming into your hand. But you have the option, you can try to say it by holding your breath. Papa. Papa. So there's a tightness. Right? It would be easier if you're sitting up straight. Papa. Or, papa, or you can pa, 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 push from your belly or from your low belly. Pa, papa, and then actually make a burst. Papa. So do it two more times. Say, hold your breath and say papa so you can feel how your body holds the, restrains the air, ulpa prana, little tiny bit of prana, papa. And do it a few times, pushing for each papa, papa, push with your belly, papa, papa. And then that's, di that's different than if you just say it like an English speaker, an American, papa. Then the air comes out more loosely. When you push it, you've been holding and then you push, it comes out with more definition to it. So, crazy, I know, here, the way I wrote the Patanjali Parthana. Uh, but I wrote, I separated all the syllables out. If it's a short syllable, then it's followed by a hyphen and it's squished together with the next syllable. If it's a long syllable, then there's a space and a, and a dash. So, yo is long. Gay is long. These are long vowels. O, A. And then this one's long. It's a short vowel. Chit. But because of the double T. Chit. It, there's a stop. Okay. So you can just listen, repeat. But then you'll see the how the syllables. Syllable by syllable. Which is the way you... Your body needs to understand the recitation is not word by word vocabulary wise, but syllable by syllable, short syllables grouped with uh, long syllables where there's little uh, space for your body to reorganize before proceeding again. Okay, so sit up straight if you can. And everything's dental. So whenever you feel the tongue working, the tip of the tongue working, bring it towards the teeth. And the whole time, I want you to concentrate on restraining the breathing. Now pointing to my diaphragm, right? Restraining the breathing. Om, Om, Yogena Chittasya. I'm going to change the pitch. Hold on. Mm. 
ಯೋಗೇನಚಿತ್ತಸ್ಯಪದೇನವಾಚಾಂಯೋಗೇನಚಿತ್ತಸ್ಯಪದೇನವಾಚಾಂ ಮಲಂ ಶರೀರಸ್ಯಚವೈದ್ಯಕೇನ ಯೋಪಾಕರೋತ್ತಂಪ್ರವಣಮುನೀಪತಂಜಲಿಪ್ರಾಂಜಲಿರಾನಥೋಸ್ಮೀ ಪತಂಜಲಿಂಪ್ರಾಂಜಲಿರಾನಥೋಸ್ಮಿ ಡಿ ಐ ಫರ್ಗೆಟ್ ರಿಪೀಟ್ ಅ ಕಪಲ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಲೈನ್ಸ್ ನೋಟ್ ಈಸಿ ಟು ಡೂ ವನ್ ಐಮ್ ರಿಪೀಟಿಂಗ್ ಇಟ್ ವಿತ್ ಯು ಇಟ್ಸ್ ವೆರಿ ಈಸಿ ಟು ಫರ್ಗೆಟ್ ರಿಪೀಟ್ if i did or did not repeat uh can we do it one more time would you you want to do a call and response one more time and then we do it together or you feel ready to do it together raise your hand for call and response okay we'll call and response one time I'm going to give us actually a very traditional method. We're going to repeat it two times. So I say it one time, you listen, and then you repeat two times, one after the other without hesitation. Just repeat it a second time without hesitating. Oh om yo ಯೋಗೇನಚಿತ್ತಸ್ಯಪದೇನವಾಚಾಂಚಿತ್ತಸ್ಯಪದೇನವಾಚಾಂಚಿತ್ತಸ್ಯಪದೇನವಾಚ
ಪತಂಜಲಿ ಪ್ರಾಂಜಲಿರಾನಸ್ಮಿ ಟುಗೆದರ್ ಯೋಗೇನಚಿತ್ತಸ್ಯಪದೇನಚಾಮಲಂಶರೀರಸ್ಯಚವಾಧ್ಯಕೇನಾಕೋತ್ತಂಪ್ರವನಮುನೀ
It's actually written as a double T because of the way it's pronounced. With Sanskrit, actually everything is backwards. It's not pronounced that way because it's written that way. It's written that way because that's the way it's pronounced. It's an oral language. The writing is merely a system to indicate the pronunciation. So it doesn't matter what system you use for writing it, as long as you understand what pronunciation is being indicated. You can write it in English, you can write it different ways of systems for indicating the different types of sounds in with our Roman alphabet. Um, and the, in India they use whatever local script they their, grew up reading, that's the, that's the writing that they use for their Sanskrit. So you can find the like I have this book here, it's in the script that we're all used to seeing, that usually we call the Sanskrit. We're used to seeing the Sanskrit. But actually Sanskrit's the language. The script is different from the language. So this script is called Devanagari. Right? When we're writing, the word Guru is Sanskrit. It's a Sanskrit word using Roman alphabet to write a Sanskrit. So here's another book I have. Much different writing. This is Kannada script. If you go to Mysore, everything's written in this script because that's their, their native mother language and that's the way they write in Kannada. So if you grow up in Mysore learning to read and speak Kannada, much easier for you to read the Sanskrit if it's written in your mother tongue or your mother um, script, the Kannada. So this, this book, it's all Sanskrit, uh, it, but it's written in Kannada. So, you, so with the language, it's a oral language. You write it however you are comfortable writing it, as long as you understand what you're writing and how to pronounce what you're writing or reading. So here's a page. We this is what basically what we did. We had these examples we went over last week. Um, you can look at this page. We already have the examples. So uh, I was going to have you do this, but we're going to move on. Otherwise, we'll run out of time. But I was going to have you read read this while you recite it. The mantra you all already know, <laughs> broken up syllable by syllable to get your mind to um, conceptualize things in terms of syllables and where the long and the short syllables are. In fact, it only takes 30 seconds if we do it together. And so, uh, if you're able to, I know it's a lot to process all at once, and if you practice it, you'll, be, you'll get it down, but as much as possible if you're able to, if there's no dot under the letters that use the tip of your tongue, then please try to remember to bring it to your teeth. And if you see a dot uh, underneath, then it, curl it back. So, Guru Nam, Charana, a couple places. So if you look at it carefully, slowly, uh, when you're practicing it on your own, you can memorize where to curl your tongue back. There's just, uh, I think, like four places. Two in the first line, and then 
to in the second verse. So we're just going to go through it together one time. And look at the, try to read it while you recite it with me. Try to match up your, your rhythm with my rhythm. So you're getting the long and the short syllables. And I know it's a little bit confusing because you're used to seeing it written and broke up by vocabulary and this is broke up by syllables. But that was the point to get your mind a little bit more flexible to see syllables instead of vocabulary. Om Vande Guru Nam Charanara Vinde Sandarshita Swat Masukava Bode Nishreya Se Jangalikayamane Samsara Hala Halamoha Shantye Abahuparushakaram Shankachakra Siddharinam Sahasra Shirasam Shwetam Pranamami Patanjalim That work? You follow? So we're going to look at the structure of the alphabet, right? And we're going to start looking at, at uh, vocabulary of some of the mantras. So we need to understand the structure of the alphabet. Um, so we can uh, look things up in the glossary. And I'll show you how to cheat, how to use the computer too. Um, everything, everything's digital now. Oh my God, I had this book. It was like this big, Moynier Williams, this thick. Thing weighed probably like 20 pounds, 25 pounds. And <laughs> Bible paper. So it's like so many pages, thousands of pages in this book. And that, that's where I started with looking things up and uh, studying Sanskrit. It was like an $80 book I got from the Vedanta Temple in Santa Barbara. I'm so much happier with the digital. You just type it in, push go, and it pops up. So much easier. Made a lot of mistakes trying to look things up. It's, uh, it's very easy to make mistakes. With the digital, it's much easier to uh, be sure you're getting what, you, what you're intending to get. So, Sanskrit pronunciation, uh, this section begins here. Uh, oh, so the first thing here, no, not there. Uh, here we go, on the second page. Right, so the first page is 
the the sounds and the structure of the sounds. We're going to look at that. But um, I want to get to practical thing because most likely you're going to use uh, the online dictionary. So if you see ah like this ah with the line the Dirga mark over it, use a capital. If you see e, you use a capital because you don't we don't have the the marks. It's not easy to apply the marks to look words up. So if you understand this this system here, it's called Harvard Kyoto system to use capitalization instead of using the diacritics, the the dots and the slashes and the lines. So IEST, the International Alphabet of Sanskrit Transliteration, that's the when we use the diacritics. And then if we're using capitals, it's the Harvard Kyoto. So when you're inputting in the online dictionary, you, you use the Harvard Kyoto usually. Um, so if there's a mark, pretty much it is going to indicate that you use a capital. If it's a, a retroflex ta, you use a capital T. Except, so it's pretty simple, except for the ends. The tricky part is the, because there's, there's too many different ends. So only the retroflex N gets to be capitalized. But what about the N with the tilde? So a tilde N indicates that it's palatal, coming the same place as a J comes from, a J. So they use a capital J for the tilde N. Because if you're using capital or lowercase, you only have two choices. But there's four different N's. So one of the ends is covered by just being lowercase. That's the dental. The retroflex N would be capital because retro capitalization is used for retroflex. Uh, but the guttural N, the N with the dot on top, you're going to have to use a guttural G and then make it capital. And the palatal N, the other two N's, are done this way. And then there's three sibilants. So the dental sibilant is a regular S as in snake or hiss. So you just write S, simple lowercase s. But if it's the, the retroflex S as in partial, if you say the English word partial, you're, you'll feel that your tongue curls back. The R makes your tongue curl back when you say the sh sound, partial. So that is written capital. It's written in the IAST with a dot underneath because it's a mordanya, retroflex. And then there's a palatal, as in the word shiva, or ship, or short. Just simple SH sound, not the retroflex SH sound. Is, uh, we use a Z for that. So in the beginning, you probably won't memorize it. You'll have to look it up a little bit. But the key is right here for you. Uh, so alphabetical order, if you're going to do it the old-fashioned way and you're going to look it up in a dictionary, an actual handheld dictionary, then you need to know the structure of the alphabet. 
because the Sanskrit alphabetical order is not A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's vowels first, consonants second, uh, semi-vowels third, sibilants fourth, and then aspirants fifth or last. And then within the vowels, which is the first section of sounds, you have all the different vowels. And then they're put in a structure going from the most guttural towards the more the most labial, from the deepest, most back part of your body of producing sounds, one by one, until you get to the lips. Uh, you can, if you say uh, you'll feel it comes from back. Uh, ah, uh, comes, starts to come up in your mouth. E, it's coming more forward. Ooh, right? And then, even though these are coming from the same place, E, E, right? Uh, one is the short will come first and the long will come after the short, of course, right? And ooh, ooh, now we're coming to the lips, right? So e, e is from the roof of the mouth. Ooh is from your lips. And then the, the funny vowel, r, r, comes next. And even uh, uh, like uh, little, little. It's a little bit weird for us, little. <laughs> And then the the sign yukta, the diphthongs, a i o ow. And then even these ones come before the consonants. Um the Anushwara and the Visarga. Uh, and then with the consonants, we're gonna go by the consonants, there's there's four different ways you can say a guttural. You can say it with or without aspiration, and then you can say it with or without using your vocal cords. So between those two, unvoiced, without using your vocal cords, or voiced, using your vocal cords. So put grab your, your Adam's apple and say no vocal cords. Now say the G uses your vocal cords. So it's the same exact percussive. Your mouth makes the same percussive. It's striking the same way, but it's with or without the vocal cords. And then that same percussive can be with or without air. So that gives you four different ways of making sound with the same percussive. So the gutturals will come first. It'll be Ka, ka, ga, ga, and then the nasal version from the same place, nga. So say this with me, ka, ka, ga, ga, nga. Ka, ka, ga, ga, nga. And then you do it from your palate, cha, no air, cha, cha with air, cha, 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 ja, ja. Nya. So this is the alphabetical order when you're looking things up in the dictionary, or if you're reciting the alphabet. Ta, ta, da, da, na. So you curled your tongue back, right? Because this is more danya, retroflex. Ta, turn, curl your tongue all the way back. Ta, no air, ta, and then air. Ta, da, da.
na. And then now to the tip of your teeth. Ta, ta, da, da, na. Now we come to the lips, right? Mordanya is further back than the teeth, right? So Mordanya, you have guttural, palatal, Mordanya, uh, retroflex, and then Dantya, the teeth, dental. Uh, so lips, labial, or oshtya, oshtya, pa, and ba, p's and b's, pa, ba, uh, sorry, pa, pa, ba, ba, ma. So a nasal, an m is a nasal. It's like the ends, but it's the n coming from your lips instead of from your mouth. Ya, ra, la, va. Yara lava, the semi vowels. Antashta. And then the sibilants, ushman. Sha. So this is the first sha is palatal. It's the simple like um, should. Sha. And then as in partial, sha. Sha. So first one, simple. Sha. Curl your tongue back. Sha. And then all the way to your teeth. Sa. And there's only one aspirant. Ha. <laughs> if we were old school, this would be where we start learning Sanskrit. Recitation of the alphabet. And learning the structure and being able to recite it like fast like a mantra. So you have it memorized and you can just spit it out. But we're... We're not doing that. We're not going there. <laughs> it's, it's worth to look at a couple examples of long and short vowels and how the word can be different and, and how, the, how it sounds different. Uh, so this one I think is an easy to recognize difference. Rama. Rama. The first one. There we go. That's better probably, huh? Like that? <laughs> Rama. And then if we switch the long and the short vowels, Rama. Rama. So Rama, much different than Rama. And then the meaning, right? Rama is the name of the, the man. Rama, it's a, a masculine. And Rama is the the feminine version, the partner of Rama. How about this word? Asana. Asana. We all know what asana is, right? But we don't know what asana is. Do you hear the difference? Asana, asana. So asana means to throw something. Throwing. And here's... Here's two more for us. Uh, ananda. Nand. Nanda means, sorry. Nanda means happy. Being happy. So if we put the prefix a uh, in front of it, it negates. Ananda. Ananda. 
means not happy. If we put the prefix ah in front of it, it means continuously happy. Sustained happiness. Your happiness is long-lasting. Ananda. 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 Bala. Bala. Completely different words. Bala. Bala. My bala is actually one of the categories of pronunciation. The strength of your pronunciation should be steady. Of your recitation when you're chanting. Bala. Bala is balasana, child's pose. Not balasana, balasana. Uh, so if you're interested in self-study, each of the, these pages will ha has examples in it. So we went over the Guru Lagu last week and re reviewed it this week. So there's some examples, same example that I gave you. Uh, and all, all of the pages have examples sections on them. So you can look and see how uh, important the pronunciation might end up being. A lot of times things are contextual. You know, if you're, if you're talking with somebody, you know what the person's saying based on the context. So it's, it's not always like strictly uh, up to the pronunciation. But we do need to put some care into learning the pronunciation and getting familiar with the sounds and the sensations. So uh, it's nine o'clock. Um, so l let me show you before we, we close. And so the structure, so the next three weeks we can start looking more at the structure of the mantras. Um, and how this book is put together is you look at Vande Guru Nam and you'll find the vocabulary on the right side column in this pretty much in the same order. The only time the same order rule will fall apart is if there's repetition of a word. So some of the Shanti mantras that will repeat the same word. So in that case, I'm not repeating the word. So, But other than that, other than when there's repetition, you'll find the vocabulary listed here in the side in the same order as you when you recite the mantra or the verse. And then only the grammar stuff, only the grammar is given here on the side. Or what what we call the stem form. Now stem form is something you need to take a special note of and understand what stem means. So if you look up Guru Nam in the dictionary, you will not find Guru Nam in the dictionary. You will find the word Guru in the dictionary. So the change of the of the last syllable U, the last vowel syllable U, right, becomes U Nam. That's the grammar. That means that it's it's a plural genitive. Genitive means possessive. It's a fancy grammatical term for possessive. Possessive is the, the layman's term for genitive.
plural, I think everybody understands singular and plural. You might run across one where it says du. Du means dual. And I'm going to show you a little trick if you have the book. There's a trick for these abbreviations. You go to the last page of the book uh, before the closing. The last page is this one. But abbreviations. So capital G with a period, genitive, possessive, sixth case, shasti. So if you find a abbreviation that's not listed here, please let me know and I will update the digital version in the, the future printed versions. Uh, so, oops, not that one. This one. So, the, the meaning of the word is not listed so that you have a space to write in the meaning if somebody's telling it to you or if you're doing self-study then you go to the glossary towards the back of the book after the pronunciation section is the glossary and there's at the beginning of the glossary there's a review of the Sanskrit alphabetical order so you can look up the word vande vande is a verb so V is a semi-vowel, so if you remember, it's vowels, consonants, semi-vowels, and then sibilants. So it's pretty much towards the end. Uh, it's a semi-vowel, so we got to scroll through. Let's see. Let's use these pages over here. Let's see. Where P is a consonant or a semi-vowel? It's a consonant, right? So semi-vowels come after consonants, so we still got to go. B, that's also a consonant. We still got to go further. Ma, ma, I don't know if you remember, but these are from the lips. So that's the last section, pa, ba, and ma. These are labial consonants. So we're getting towards the end of the consonant section. We're almost to the semi-vowels. Almost to the semi-vowels. Here we go. Va. And va, what part of the mouth does va come from? You feel your lips when you say va? Because we're looking up vande. So... That's going to be the last semi-vowel. So probably if I go to the page before the page we're on. Uh, yeah, so ma, and then after m's comes the first semi-vowel, ya. And then on the next page, right, then there's ya, ra, comes after. Ya is palatal, ra is retroflex, and then va comes and then here we finally get down, we find the word vande. And it gives us some grammatical stuff first about the word, and then it gives us the meaning. So this is how, how you use the book for self-study. Vande means I bow. And it, and it implies or connotes a sense of self-interest. And you can think of an example, when you go to visit the doctor or the lawyer, you have a self-interest for going to visit them. And you give respect to them, but you're there for because you have a personal need. You need the lawyer's help. You need the doctor's help. 
So this is what we call Atmanepada. Atma means self, right? Atma is self. So you're doing it for your own self-interest. You're going to the doctor. Even though you're giving pranams, you're giving salutations, respect, uh, your, your purpose is because you need some help from them. It's Atmanepada. And when you go, maybe you go to visit your mother on Mother's Day, right? And you don't, you're not looking to get anything for yourself from this visit. You're just going to give respect to honor your mother, only for the purpose of honoring the mother. So pranamami, so uh, let's see, pa is the is labial, pa, 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 pa. So it's going to come, ma is labial, but that's a, a nasal. So that was the last part of the, of the labials, pa. Pranamami. Let's see if we can find Pranamami. Okay, here's Pranamami. So we call Pranamami, which also means bowing or giving respect, but it's instead of Atmane Pada for yourself, it's Parasmai Pada. Pada means the other. You're doing it for the purpose of the other thing. You're giving respect for the sake of the other person. Like for Mother's Day, you go visit your mother or you send a greeting, you call them up because it's Mother's Day. I mean, there might be a lot of people who are calling because they want to get the credit for calling their mother on Mother's Day, in which case it would be Atmanepada. But if you're really doing it honestly, sincerely for honoring your mother only for that pur purpose, then it's Parasmaipada. Does that make sense? A li cool little unique interesting thing about Sanskrit. They put the verbs into two different types of conjugation for yourself or for the other. So I'm gonna can see you guys and say uh, thank you very much. Swasti prajabya paripalayantam. Swasti prajabya paripalayantam. Nyayena margena mahi mahishaha. Nyayena margena mahi mahishaha. Go brahmanebhyaha. Shubhamastu nityam Go Brahmanebhyaha Shubhamastu nityam Loka Samasta Sukino Bhavantu Loka Samasta Sukino Bhavantu Sarvesham swastir bhavatu, Sarvesham swastir bhavatu, Sarvesham shantir bhavatu, Sarvesham shantir bhavatu, Sarvesham purnam bhavatu, 
Sarvesham Purnam Bhavatu Sarvesham Mangalam Bhavatu Sarvesham Mangalam Bhavatu Sarve Bhavantu Sukhinaha Sarve Bhavantu Sukhinaha Sarve Santu Nidamayaha Sarve Santu Nidamayaha Sarve Badrani Pashyantu Sarve Badrani Pashyantu Makashchit Makashchit Om Shanti 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 Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachate Purnat Purnamudachate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyate Purnamevavashishyate Om Shanti 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 Om Shanti 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 Om Tat Om Tat Brahmar Panamastu Brahmar Panamastu Thank you very, very much. Have a blessed, beautiful, loving, kind, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, baby. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Happy yeah. Mother's Day, everyone. Thank you, mm -hmm. David. Mm -hmm. Thank you, everyone.